Okay, we're here with uh, Senator Kathy Giesel, Senate President. And I've been doing podcasts for a while here with different reps, and your office is one of the nicer ones. I really like it. Well, we have a lot of meetings in here. So yeah, You also have those nice fur pelts over there you were telling me about. One of those your dad got you? Yeah, my dad used to be a pilot for Ween uh, Airlines, and so he flew to the North Slope a lot. Uh, I actually went with him as a child when it was... Well, before statehood. Um, but that Arctic fox he brought me from the North Slope. He got it from one of the residents up there. But the others I buy in Fairbanks at the Rawfer store. They're really nice. I love them. Yes. So you, you were born in Fairbanks, I heard. Born and raised in Fairbanks, yes. I'm one of the territorial kids, uh, like Senator Coghill, born and raised here before statehood. So the cold probably doesn't bother you Doesn't. Much. No, I love the cold. Yeah. I was in Fairbanks once. Uh, I moved here in 04, and I was there in... I guess it was years after that, and it was 40 below zero. Yes, yes. And I just can never forget how miserable that was. Hmm. Well, it's all what you're used to. It's a dry cold. So you've been in the Senate since 20... I came to the Senate in 2011, was my first year. And it's kind of unique with you because because of redistricting and the changes. You, you had to keep running every two years. For several cycles, yes. So I ran in 2010... I had to run again in 2012 because we redistricted, and then that was challenged in court, and so we redistricted again, so I had to run in 2014, and I can't remember why I had to run again in 2016, but I did have to run again in 2016, and that's when I finally got a four-year term. But now, we come up to the census again, so we'll be redistricting again in 2022. Right, so yeah, because a lot of people say the, the advantage of the Senate is you have to only run every four years. But in your case, you've had a kind of bad. Well, some people say, well, you had bad luck, but I actually view it. And perhaps it's because time has passed as good luck, because each time I had a different district and I loved meeting people from all over the state. The first year I, I live on the lower hillside. And so that's always been my district. But the first year I had part of Eagle River. So I got to know military folks over in Eagle River, how far Eagle River Road goes all the way down 10 miles, and there's no cell phone at the end of it, at least not for my cell phone. Um, That was interesting. Uh, And then I had Whittier that year, too. I had Whittier and Hope as well as part of Eagle River. Then I got redistricted and had the north half of the Kenai Peninsula. Learned a lot about fishing, maritime issues, so that was really interesting. And then the third redistricting, again with the hillside, uh, I got East Anchorage, so the Muldoon area, and so I've gotten to know folks over there, and that has remained my district. So it was actually really good. I remember that second time, because I remember somebody said you were were going door-to-door in the Kenai or something, and I remember thinking, like, why is she doing that? Yeah, it was... That, yeah, the hillside is long distances between houses. The Kenai really is. So now you're consolidated mostly just Anchorage, right? Mostly Anchorage now, yes. Uh, in fact, all Anchorage, uh, municipality of Anchorage now. So the, uh, maybe, the, uh, maybe the irony here is now you're Senate president, you get to choose one of the people for redistricting. 
That is ironic, which I hadn't thought of until you mentioned it. Yes. So that, that starts, I guess, next next year, right? They choose the... Next year is when the board itself, the redistricting board itself is selected. Uh, my understanding is that this year there's a pre-redistricting board. Well, it's not really a board. It's actually a committee that sets up the office and determines which software buys the computers that the board will need. Things like that. The logistics piece is going on right now. So that happens, I guess, 2022, the new... The new map will be... It will be implemented in 2022, yes. So that'll be... A, it's every 10 years, I guess, I do that, right? Every For 10 years with the census. So earlier you were saying that you went to school in Michigan, right? Yes. Uh, we didn't have a school of nursing here when I graduated from high school. Uh, so one of the places I was accepted was University of Michigan Ann Arbor. So that's where I went to, to for my bachelor's degree. Also a cold place. Also a cold place. I wanted some place in the north. Yes. And my father's family is from Michigan. So I had family there. So you're, you're a nurse or nurse pra- practitioner? I'm a nurse practitioner. I also hold an RN license. So we have to have two licenses as nurse practitioners. So if I go down right now, I'm probably you're going to you're going to help me out. Well, I'll certainly know <laughs> what to do. Yes. So this year in the Senate, um, you know, it's been with in that last year, kind of the same deal with the permanent fund and then the budget. Um, it's basically, but it's been kind of a core group of Republicans that have been since 2012 kind of in the majority. Um, how do you see this years with you being president? Is it kind of same challenges in the past years or is it different challenges? Well, I'd say it's, it's, it's the same challenges plus more. Um, you're right in that uh, a large number of our majority members have been here since 2012, uh, when a large number of Republicans came into the Senate and then created a majority, Republicans. Um, prior to that, of course, you might remember we had the bipartisan coalition. Mm-hmm. That was the first two years I was here, and I was in the minority. We have new members uh, that have come in, uh, particularly in the last two to three years, uh, Senator Schauer, for one. Uh, Senator Hughes has joined us. Senator Wilson. Uh, Senator Reinbold. So, so these are folks um, that are new and represent the Valley. Um, so we have some new, uh, a new senator here from Juneau, Senator Keel. Uh, Senator Kawasaki has joined us from the House representing Fairbanks. So we've got new members also. Um. Senator Birch, too. He was oh, Senator he was, Birch. Thank you. I had forgotten him. Yes, three, yes. Three, three people from the House. That's right. Over. So yeah. you. So some people have said uh, there's some people were in the House before, and some people weren't. You weren't in the House before. I've never been in the House. Correct. Um, do you think because the Senate's a little bit, a little bit, um, or I guess measured. I, th- I guess it's, the House is let's throw the all the action is. It seems like to me since I've been down here. Well, remember, the founders created the Senate to be a slower, more deliberative body to balance out the House way back in the founding days. Uh, And our founders for the state constitution had that same view. So, yes, we're older, more thoughtful, I guess. I don't know. We're certainly older in many cases. I've run for the Senate before, and I think if I ever run again, being down here, I think I'm going to run for the House next time. Ah, the more fun over there. Those seem like my kind of people over there. (laughs) A little more more fun on the fourth floor. Maybe. Though my office was on the fourth floor for six years, so. So you're Senate president. Mm -hmm. Um, So how'd that work? You After the election, you guys kind of got together and and organized? Because I I think the last Senate president, female Senate president, was... um, 
um, Lida Green, right? The last woman was Lida Green, right, back, uh, I think we determined it was 2007, 2008. Um, and prior to her was Drew Pierce. But the first woman Senate president in Alaska was a woman named Jan Fakes. And she actually represented my area where I live right now, the Lower Hillside. And she was actually the first woman to preside over a legislative body in the entire U.S. Really? That is pretty amazing. What yes. Year, what year was that? Oh, boy. 87, 88, somewhere around in there. I'm sorry. I looked it up, but I, I don't have it so memorized. it was in the 80s a while ago. It was in the 80s, yeah. Um, so her last name is F-A-I-K-S. So you could Google I've heard, it. I've heard the name. I've heard the name before. She um, died of a brain cancer last year. And so I did a citation in memoriam for her, and we named the fourth floor Senate conference room after her. So that's a Jan Fakes conference room. That's great. Yeah. Other thing I noticed was, and I think this might be the first time, you have uh, Mia Costello, Senator Costello is a majority leader. Yes. And you have Senator Von Imhoff. She's a co-chair of the of the finance. So that's kind of, of the five leadership positions, there's three uh, women. So you guys are in the majority of the, I think that's never happened before in the Senate. Never happened before. You're right. Yeah. You know, the right people in the right places, that's how I look at it. And that's what I thought of as I put together that leadership team. These are the right people in the right roles. So what do you see? Uh, It seems like the budget's the big one. And then the the permanent, I mean, last night there was testimony on the the payback or the uh, repayment of the dividends. Um, I guess those two are probably the, and then the crime, I think, is seems like the big, big issues of the current session. Is that... So the Senate majority, uh, well, I won't say always has crafted goals. We've crafted them since I've been in the majority. Um, And the goals for this year, number one, was correcting the crime issue that we have. And it is by far number one for us. Uh, In fact, during our organization and deliberation about our priorities, it we spent the most time talking about crime and its impact on Alaskans. So that's number one. Uh, the second one is always, uh, a goal always is a balanced, reasonable budget. And so clearly that's, that's a big part. Kind of a subgroup under that budget is dealing with the permanent fund dividend, what to do there. And then lastly is improving our communication with Alaskans. You know, we're pretty isolated here in Juneau, and so we need to do a better job of of getting information out to people, the same information we get that that inform our deliberations. So so that's a goal we have, too. You may see uh, more senators going home to home districts for, for town hall meetings or sending out more newsletters. We just want to get information out to Alaskans. And the, and the public testimony last night that you mentioned uh, on the air quotes payback bill for the permanent fund dividend. There are actually going to be two more of those sessions next week. Yeah. So Senator Shower posted that there's going to be some more of those. Yes. Yes. Again, uh, an effort to hear from Alaskans and uh, allow them to comment on what we're doing. And you guys did your uh, majority poll Again, this you guys have done that for a while, haven't you? The wow, yeah, years, probably six years. Oh, four years. Yeah, prior to that, the House was doing polling. Yes, there was quite a few people. That, it was thousands of people responded to it, wasn't it? Uh, seven thousand, I think, something like seven thousand people responded. Yeah, so it was a good number. But we could divide them out by districts, so uh, each of us could kind of see where our district was. It's it's not precisely our district, but our area. Mm-hmm. So what's it like being Senate uh, 
president? Because when you're a regular senator, you're very busy. But I mean, what's you have to run the run the meetings, right? You have, how much? How different is it in this role than just being, you know, you were the resources chair before, right? I was the resources chair for six years, and I loved it. Um, a lot of my colleagues who are nurses would ask me, you're a nurse. Why are you chairing resources? You should be chairing the health committee. And I actually resisted even being on the health committee for many years because, first of all, I didn't want to be stereotyped as the nurse. Uh, but in <laughs> it, it, as well, I am so aware as a lifelong Alaskan that good-paying jobs close to home are what help people stay healthy. A person with a job is much more likely to get up every morning, go to work, um, make sure that they're they're raising their kids right, getting good education, all of that. And so jobs are really, again, what I think of as the best social program we can offer. So resources is where those jobs are. In addition, it's what produces the revenue for the state and for our people. So that's why I've focused on on resources so much. So now being Senate president, yes, there's there's running the floor sessions, and there's a lot of management behind the scenes of bills, making sure that those important priority bills are moving along through committees, helping committee chairs. We have a lot of new committee chairs this year, um, and that, again, was by design. I wanted to do things a little differently um, during my time as president, allowing people to have the opportunity to be in leadership roles, like being chairs of committees. So that means we've got some new people sitting in those chairs. They need help understanding how to run an effective committee meeting, uh, when to bring bills up, how many times to hear them, all those kind of routine things, but, but you don't know automatically. So, so that's, that takes up a lot of time, too. So it's, it's a lot more work and um, a little more diverse than just focusing on resources. So as Senate president, you, you get to choose, uh, like the speaker, what bills go to what committees, right? That's totally up to you. Well, not exactly. People might think that, but that's not exactly true. There's actually guidelines in the uniform rules. If a certain statute is being addressed, uh, I have to send it to the committee that, that that statute pertains to. For example, if it's a judicial issue, it has to go to judiciary. Um, anyway, there's, there's actually a prescribed uh, way to refer bills. I don't just get to randomly choose. Okay, so there's some, some guidelines. There's guidelines, yes. Okay. Um, other thing I wanted to uh, bring up, so even the, even the folks who might not agree with you or maybe politically or um, like you, they always say that you're probably the hardest worker hardest working legislator. And I, I got to say, I always see you at committee meetings and other meetings that you're not a part of. Like you're, you're there a lot watching and paying, paying attention. So, I mean, you seem like you have, you seem like you have a lot of energy. Well, I'm a nurse and nurses have to have a lot of energy. We're used to working 12 hour shifts and I grew up, grew up, I, my first job was in a critical care unit and, um, it was during pipeline construction days. So, um, that was 1974 to about 1980. And so we often were over capacity and it was 12 hour shifts. I've worked 24 hour shifts. So that's in how it, I approached this job. No, in Anchorage. No. When I came back, uh, after getting my bachelor's degree in, at the university of Michigan, I came back and settled in Anchorage. There were more job opportunities here in Anchorage. So that's why I picked it. But, but in any case, that's how I approach this job. It's, it's, um, what I signed up to do. It's what people expect. Uh, I came here to work. 
So what's been so far being Senate president, what's been the most, um, the best, best thing or the coolest thing? And what's been maybe something where you're, you're like, well, I gotta, I have to do that. Or maybe something unexpected. Hmm. Well, I think the most enjoyable thing has been what I mentioned before, looking at all of our members and thinking about the, the, assets that they bring and how best to use those assets, where um, best to place them or offer them positions that maybe they've never held before, and that chance to, to grow in, in new roles. I firmly believe that none of us are irreplaceable, and so we should always be thinking about who our successor is, who will come after us, and how we can prepare other people to take up leadership roles. So that's been the most enjoyable, uh, the most not fun. Hmm. Maybe the most maybe unexpected or something that hmm. you maybe realized you had to, had to do or deal with hmm. as Senate president. I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of things I didn't realize came along with it, lots of appointments to various external organizations and things like that that I didn't know about, and the complexity, uh, actually, of managing bills on the floor, which we haven't had to do too much, but I know are coming. You know, amendments on the floor, I have to kind of know, well, I more than kind of have to know, I have to know Mason's rules um, of procedure. So that's a challenge. Yeah, so as, as Senate President, you, you get to, like you said before, you choose a whole bunch of people to serve on various commissions and, and boards, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's your choice, and it's usually a senator, somebody in the body? Yes. Or it can uh-huh. be any, any Alaskan? Well, it depends. There are some... Um, some commissions, like the Alaska Minerals Commission, are Alaskans who know a lot about mining. And so right now, I happen to have an inquiry out to folks. Uh, we need a couple members on the Minerals Commission. So that's one that, that's outside of the, bo- out of the Senate body. But the others that I have to appoint are senators who might want to serve on external committees. So when, you appoint, when you're on the floor and you appoint, so I'm appointing this senator to this position... Um, I assume they know that beforehand, right? Oh, yes, they know that beforehand. It's not, it's not like, oh, gee, look at that. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, in fact, uh, often I'll ask them, there's an opening, would you be interested in this? And, and they'll tell me yes or no. So when you ran in 2016, you ran against Vince Beltrami, and that mm-hmm. was kind of, he's a pretty well-known union guy, obviously. And pretty well-known. It was a pretty high-profile race. I mean, that was, like, that was the race. Maybe last, this last cycle, the Scott Kawasaki, Pete Kelly was kind of the race people were watching. And that year was, and I think a lot of folks, because of, of the union organization, and a lot of people thought maybe, you know, he was, he was going to win. And you ended up, um, it was a lot of votes, too. I think it was like 16, it was a huge amount of votes that were cast total. I forget the number, but it was a lot of votes were cast. Um, did you feel like, were you nervous? Did you feel like you were going to have a good chance? Or how did you feel during the, the election? I never feel confident that I'm going to win. Um, I always just work hard, try to contact as many constituents as I can. So I did what I always do, do a lot of door to door and just listening to people and communicating. Some of those, some of those, and you're part of the hillside area. Some of those, I mean, like in my, where I ran, you got those long driveways. I mean, it takes sometimes four or five minutes to get between each house. And sidewalks. (laughs) 
Yeah. Sidewalks. Yeah. Up on the hillside, there aren't sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't mind it. I enjoy walking to begin with. That is actually the physical experience of walking. Um, and so I don't mind it. It's a lot of fun. And you meet a lot of dogs. I know. I, I uh, When I ran, I, I never realized how many people had dogs. Until it's amazing. Yes. Didn't, didn't, are you the one? Didn't, didn't you bring dog treats? Is that, is that, I did I bring heard, little dog biscuits. Yes. That's probably the best way somebody, oh my gosh. He, <laughs> I, I, I did that a couple times too. Yes. People, yes. I think I heard about you doing it. And people, the dogs like it. <laughs> Representative Shaw, I don't know if you heard, he, when he was going door to door, he has this Russian Ural motorcycle. Oh, I saw him a couple times with, with his, a, and it has side a sidecar. Side yeah, yeah. It's a Soviet, very kind of cla- iconic a motorcycle and he'd ride it around and he said that he'd go to people's houses and they'd want to talk about that. For yes, yes, I'm sure. Yes. So the, the 90 day uh, limit is or session is in April, but they can go to, you, can, you guys can go to 120, right? Without, um, is 121 there any, actually. Mm-hmm. Is there any thoughts about, you know, because in the past couple of years there's been those long, I think 2017 it was a couple hundred days, right? It was, it was very, very long. Special sessions were added on. Uh, this year, of course, the House just got organized almost halfway through the 90-day session before they got organized. So that does set the process back. Um, I have, I, I sincerely doubt that we will be done on day 90. It just isn't physically possible with the really large decisions we have to make and the delay on the House side. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably go 120. Um, I could be shorter than that maybe 115, who knows. But it will go beyond 90, I'm pretty confident. So 121, that's mid, mid, mid-May, I It's guess, mid-May, right? around May 15th or so. So with the Governor Dunleavy being a former member of the Senate, uh, and you guys all worked with him for many years, does that, does that help, I imagine? Or if you want to, you know him, right? So instead of somebody you don't know, like Governor you know, Walker wasn't really ever a legislator. It... Um it may help. Um, I don't know. You're right. I do know him from having worked with him, and he sat right behind me on the Senate floor for, for the years he was in the Senate. Um, but it's not like that gives us immediate access to the governor. I mean, he's busy working, and we have to go through his staff to meet with him. And um, it's kind of the same. Uh, and we are separate bodies, you know, that's the executive branch, and he's put out uh, different policies where the legislative branch will decide what, where the money goes and will decide which policies we're willing to adopt or what we might modify. So, I mean, I guess you could say it's nice in that I know him as a person, but it doesn't change how I will relate to him as a fellow uh, public figure elected person. Yeah, no, speaking of the separation, I've, I've you know, been in the building now for about a month. I've been hanging out, and it's so interesting to me that the governor's office is on the third floor of the, the Capitol. I mean, you'd, you'd think it'd be its own building, or it's, you know, because you run into people all the time in the hallways. And um, yeah, I think a lot of other states, they have separate, you know, areas for the, for the governor. So yes, keep, keep it uh, kind of cozy here. Yeah, Capital. he's kind of the sandwich. It was the legislature's kind of a sandwich, and he's the filling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the third, yeah, because yeah, there's five floors. That's right. That's right. Because there's five floors. That's yeah, a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, but it's an old building. I mean, this is just how they set it up quite a long time ago. So, 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 um, you know, going forward, do, do you think after uh, Governor Walker vetoed the dividend in 2015, the two following years, um, the legislature appropriated a, a smaller dividend um, with this big deficit, and then with this. Governor Dunleavy's plan to 
big dividends and extra the repayment. Um, is that going to maybe be the point of con- contention in the end of this? That seems to me like that's going to be the one people are going to be really, we have a deficit and how much money do we want to reduce and then how much dividends do we want to give out? That's the question of the day, uh, question of the year. Uh, and Alaskans are thinking that through now. Uh, on the one hand, I applaud the governor for putting out the budget that he put out. Uh, it certainly has begun the conversation that Alaskans have been putting off. Certainly the legislature has been aware of but hasn't really been able to do anything about. That is the amount of spending compared to the amount of our income. Uh, but now Alaskans are very acutely aware of it. Remember that the $1.6 billion shortfall is based on the concept of a $3,000 dividend. Mm-hmm. And so actually, by reducing that dividend, the shortfall is filled, or very close to being filled, depending on what, where you place that dividend. So that's the conversation that we're having right now. That's what you're hearing, for example, last night on the payback um, bills. Alaskans are saying, wait a minute, we now realize that this dividend can, too high of a dividend can constrain funding for, for education, roads, public safety, things like that. So it is really a good conversation that we're having now. I'm hoping that it doesn't divide Alaskans and, and cause um, animosity, but that we can come to an agreed uh, middle ground. Yeah, I was explaining to a friend of mine who's uh, from New Mexico, where, where I'm from originally, and he's in politics there, and he, worked, he used to work for the governor, and I was kind of explaining to him our situation. And he kept saying, well, why don't you just use the money from the fund? He's like, I'm, and then I, I tried to explain it to him, and people who don't live here, people haven't, they don't, it's like hard to explain to them. They don't understand it. It just seems like the solution's so within our grasp, you know, but it may as well be on the other side of the world. Yeah. <clears throat> Once you start, people start getting a, a PFD, a permanent fund dividend, it changes the conversation. So, yeah, we'll see how it, how it ends up. I, I'm hoping we can find a middle ground. Well, I want to thank you for doing the podcast. This is, i got to say this sure. office is, I've been to a lot of offices so far, and I like yours the best. Well, thanks. It's, uh, it's I, great. These are things that I love, things about Alaska and um, our resources and our environment. So. This, is, this is always a Senate president's office. Is it is. Of, you are correct. Yep. Where, where were you before? Were you in I the, was on the fourth floor. Oh, that's the that's yes the, that's, in the middle of all the house members. That, yes, that's that's the action floor. I've noticed. Oh yes, yes, it was fun to be up there. Yeah, that's, if I ever if I'm ever here, uh, I want to be there. Yes, so that's yes, where, that's where it happens. Well, I want to thank you again, Senator Giesel. I know you're sure. very busy, and uh, we'll um, we'll see you around. Great. And uh, folks, uh, thanks for listening. If you have any ideas for podcasts or want to do a podcast, uh, let me know. Thanks. Landline.